Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm Nick and this is... Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good, thank you, Nick. Excellent. Well, so, Scott, where are we? What are we drinking? Hey, we're at the, uh, the DYRSL today. Aha. Uh-huh. How about that? Awesome. It's been a while awesome. since we've been back here. It has been over a year since we've been here. Yeah, and guess what? A year ago, yeah. we chose the 2018 version of the Redmond. Excellent. So, guess what we've got this year? Oh, God. And I don't remember it, which meant it probably wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> or it was very good and... <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, yes, this is the um, the lovely um, uh, Redmond Kunawara. Um, they do a, um, a Cab Savannah Shiraz. So this yep. is the 2019 Shiraz down in that Kunawara area, uh, South Australia. Oh, let's try it out. Let's see what it's, oh. see what it's like. Oh. As the um, as the last bit sits in the bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's not too bad. It's, it's a pub wine, but it's okay. It's quite drinkable. It's, it's, a, it's a decent pub wine. Yeah. It's not it's not your average sort of um, you know. A, Actually, we don't get a lot of the. Um, I've just put mistakenly put petrol in the bottle anymore. Yeah, no, sort of no, pub we, wines here. No, we don't. Um, right. And even strangely enough, even the cask wines are getting a lot better. That they are. I'm, well, when I go camping, I'm a big fan of a cask wine because of all the reasons why you take one camping, and there's some very nice cask reds. And you know why? Come. Because when you open a bottle like this and it sits here, let's just say you open a bottle, you, you pour a glass out of whatever. The air's sitting into it. Yeah, it's it's exposed. Mm-hmm. Great, it sits there, and. If you don't finish it that night, yes, of course it's it's just sitting there all night, bottle open. Oh, you go, yeah. Um, and if you don't finish it the next night for some reason, well, I don't understand the concept of a. Well, I don't understand bottle, that concept, but, anyway, but apparently but it some does happen. Do that. I've been yep. told it does happen. <laughs> um, so you could be a few days before you get to the end of the bottle, and you sort of realize, oh, this doesn't taste as good anymore. Yeah, and by the end, it's not very nice, is no. it? So in a cask, if you think they've got those little rubber stopper things, yep. Um, you squeeze it and the wine comes but out. But it's of the not cask. putting air back in. There's right? no air. Yeah, it's just as well sealed. And I, we got a, a five-liter cask of um, uh, a beautiful um, Cab Sav out of uh, K Brothers mm-hmm. down in the um, in that sort of Barossa McLaren Vale region, and um, it lasted for. Well, not very long, but it, 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 it lasted more than a week quite quite comfortably. That's just pretty impressive. <laughs> um, not not the fact that the wine was nice, the fact that five litres lasted you more than a week. But anyway, <laughs> cool. So what are we talking about today? Look, um, so we, the other day we were talking about data a bit. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can do all sorts of wonderful things with data. But it does have a few prerequisites. Oh, it certainly does. And yeah, and you, we, it sort of it sounds like you know, we will go and say, oh, look, you can produce a report that does this, or you can grab this data and do that, or you can mm-hmm. do some AI to project this. Yeah, but it, that's all very well. But if you haven't got the data foundation set up correctly, there's nothing you can do. So, so, this, so data foundation, right? We talk to this yes. to clients about this all the time. What's data foundation? Let's let's go back to a step. Um, it doesn't. You don't necessarily have to have your data all in one place, but you do have to have it accessible. So either via an API or some sort of interface, I need to know that if I need data of system A and system B and system C, I can go and get it somehow real time. But I probably also need some way to link it together. Yes. Right. So you know, people years ago when I was doing work with accountants used to moan that I'd go and see a customer and they say, well, I don't want to enter this data three times into three different systems. I want to enter it one 
and it appear in all sorts of different systems, or at least be able to report it. And that, that means to report it, you've got to have what we call a common key. Ooh. Something which is common, for example, a customer ID, oh, or okay. a, no, in a school, a student ID. Yeah. But it's got to be common throughout the systems, otherwise it's very hard to link them back together. That sounds fair. There you go. So, talk about all our data talking to each other. What, what type of systems need to talk to each other, Scott? Look, let's think about it. Look, Let's, let's look at the average business. Mm -hmm. yeah, ABC Widgets, for example. Yep. Um, assuming there's not actually a business called ABC Widgets, yeah, but, anyways, anyways, but there you go. <laughs> um, they're they're going to have some sort of finance platform. Let's just say it's zero, maybe, or maybe even if it's MYB or whatever, it doesn't really matter what it is. They've, yep. got a, they've got a finance platform where all their finance data is going to be entered, they run their business, they do their P&Ls, their balance sheets and so forth, et cetera, et cetera. They're also going to have some sort of client relationship system. Yep. Now... Everybody has one of these at a basic level. It's called a spreadsheet. Or a list of customers. A list of customers in yeah. some document somewhere written down or whatever it is. But there is some sort of client CRM, client relationship management platform. Generally, it's got all the details on your clients in it. It's got, um, you can actually activate some marketing from there. You can put support calls in and do client support, um, that sort of thing. But you've got some system that's doing that process. So that's called a CRM. Generally a CRM, broadly. And look, there's there's lots of different flavors. Sometimes the CRMs link into your operational systems. Yep. Sometimes they don't. Um, separate operational systems could be manufacturing systems. Um, it could be um, whatever type of business you are. Yep. It could be applications built for that sort of business um, to produce your specialty product or to you know, do your specialty thing in the market, whatever it is. That's, that's that. Um, the thing is, unless all these applications understand how to talk to each other, as in they play well in the sandpit, yep. then you've got a problem. So this is where something like Xero's done amaz amazingly well, because they set themselves up from the very beginning as a marketplace for other applications, which talk well with Xero. And they've tried to make to finance the core of a business, which is not a bad assumption, right? It's, it's an okay it's, assumption. It's, an, uh, it's, it's both an important assumption and a perhaps overinflated assumption. I'm sure yes. if I'm an accountant, that's my view on the world. But yes, but, yes, but it, we're not talking about yeah, this thing in the middle and everything coming off it. We're talking about yeah. everything talking yeah, to right. everything. I, I, right? I thought IT was the core of the business. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> and every now and then we also sell something to keep that working. So the, um, the whole thing is, though... Zero is very good because it's got APIs and people can write interfaces to it to go and get data to like post an invoice. So if you sell something in your bit of sales software, which could be your CRM or your operational platform, great, let's poke that into Zero and record the sale. Yep, which makes sense because you can then do your finance reporting out of Zero. Exactly. But it also gives you some automation. It, it does. And, and by the way, um, when I say record the sale, you may not need to necessarily record every sale in Zero. Zero doesn't need to have, if you make 10,000 sales a day of individual little items, it doesn't need to have those 10,000 records. What it does need to know is what was the total sales for the day? And let's put that in as revenue into Zero, for example. It, depending on how you want to report yeah. your finances, talk to your finance team. So all these systems talking to each other traditionally was really hard. I remember oh. in the world where we had servers you know, on-premises oh, and yes. stuff like that. To get things to talk to each other was nefarious yep. and difficult. At a, at a basic level, you would produce some sort of an export file out of System A and try to feed it into System B and hope yep. it works. At a very basic level, you produce a report out of System A and you type it into System B. Yeah, but now there's this thing we call an API. 
Yes. What's an API, Scott? An application programming interface. Cool. What does it do? I'm going to throw that one your way, actually, Nick. <laughs> this is one of my evil questions I ask people. So, so APIs simply are a way for computer programs to talk to other computer programs. Yes. And there's various mechanisms for them. Um, for example, the way your operating system talks to the hard disk or the SSD is yeah. via an API. Mm. Not one you use so much, but via an API. The way Zero talks to its partner applications, the way your operation system talks to your CRM, is via an API. Yes. And traditionally, APIs on premises were very, very difficult to configure because you need all sorts of things like certificates and security and, and all sorts mm. of stuff. But with the advent of cloud, ah. and specifically software as a service, this is all totally changed. In fact, I would say that for the cloud-based applications, these are table stakes these days. Yeah, yeah. you can't ship a cloud-based application without an API. No, because this is where most of the integration comes from. Yeah. And the whole thing is, you're not typing data into the cloud apps. You've yeah. really got to put that stuff in automatically. So, so, and everything has an API, like Office 365 has an API. Yeah. Um, uh, QuickBooks Online has an API, Xero has an API. Even MYOB's cloudy version has an API. Well, I didn't know that. Uh -oh. And I've worked with it. Uh, and some are good and some are bad. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but if yeah, table stakes for cloud applications is, is an API, of course. Um, so once I've got that data via API and apps can talk to each other, other things can talk to my apps. And that's where reporting tools come in. Exactly. So if you know that you need, for example, some customer records out of your CRM, yep. and you know that these customers bought these particular products that may be existing in your operational platform, yep. and you want to see, by the way, if they paid their invoices, which is all the data in your finance platform, you can go and grab that automatically and produce a nice little report that your sales team can look at and say, okay, I've got a customer here that's paying all their invoices on time, I've got a customer here that's ordering these items, let's go and put a special program together for them to sell more. Yeah, no, cool. No, so, so, I get so that reporting, and that's where applications like Power BI and um, those other dashboarding applications really work well, but only if mm. your apps are supporting that API. That's right. Okay, so that's, that's interesting. So. To make data work in your business, all your apps need to talk to each other. That gives you opportunity for automation. We do it via APIs and it's better in the cloud. It, it's a lot easier in the cloud because you're not managing all the internal internal systems or systems on your premises. Yep. Um, it's all done for you, they're updated. If anything so, goes wrong, things are fixed regularly. So we've talked about how we get to this data and do all those sorts of things. The next question is, why? Well, here's, it, here's the thing. How are we going to make your business more efficient? Part of it is, do you have visibility across your business of what's actually happening? Do you know that all these events that link together from different parts of the business can actually be more efficient, or, you know, create efficiency gains for you? Are they holding you up? Do you know that if you place an order and you know that maybe it takes three days to get an order out the door for some reason, and you start tracking all this together and you find, here are the delays, they're here, they're here, why? Oh, because this system doesn't know about that and someone's got to type that in, they've got to manually change that. And Great, how do you get that information into the other system without having to manually touch something? Yeah, no, so I, I, that, that's important. But I think the other thing, and we see this an awful lot in small business, small business, there's a difference between, I think, a lot of small business owners and a lot of senior executives in large businesses is the senior executives in large businesses make decisions based on data. 
Absolutely. It's very analytical, it's very mathematical. Whereas in small business, people make decisions based on gut. Now, this feels like the right thing to do. My experience tells me, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Because they just can't get the data to make it happen. So are you saying by doing this, we can get the data to turn even the smallest business into a business that bases its decisions on data? Which, yes, absolutely. Which gives you the ability to make better decisions and helps you scale faster. And gives you the edge over your competition. Exactly. Cool. Well, that's interesting. That's a nice little short one, but I think that, that kind of covers covers that quite nicely. I think It, we it, it is, and I guess there's, there's going to be a couple of outcomes out of this. You look at all of your systems and you go, well, which ones aren't able to talk to others, and do I have to replace that? And that can be a large project. It can. It can. So there's lots of things to think about here. Obviously, if you want to fix all of that, call Scott. He can help you out. <laughs> That's with wonderful. That. Yes. <laughs> I'll find an API to help. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, he'll call me. Um, <laughs> but, but thank you so much for watching, listening, um, or being with us today. If you do like what you see, please give us a like, subscribe. Um, and if you want us to discuss a topic, topic leave a comment, um, and we'll get on and discuss that. But thank you so much. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, everyone. All right. Have a brilliant day. Bye, everyone.